to How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. David, by the time this episode airs, the Kentucky Derby will have already been won by a new horse. Who do you have in the 2023 Derby? Well, Kula, I had Forte. I had to pick Forte because that's who Bill Farish recommended. <laughs> you know, we I don't know whether he won or not, but I guarantee you I put a big bet on him. And guess what? We'll see. We will see. Well, Bill Farish knows a lot about horse racing. And this episode was really a deep dive into the business of horse racing. And it was fascinating. I've never really understood the inner workings of the industry or how it worked, but I was so intrigued by everything that goes into raising these horses. The wonderful thing about living in Kentucky is you can actually go to these horse farms and see Lane's Inn. In fact, we always took our Kentucky Derby guests to Lane's Inn so they could just see the the majesty of the sport, see these marvelous animals, even watch the breeding process, which I must say is very interesting. <laughs> well, Bill Farish is the founder of Woodford Racing and the GM of Lane's Inn Farm, which is one of the world's premier thoroughbred breeding farms. And this episode could not have been timed more perfectly. And I'm excited to dive into the questions on today's show. Okay, this first question is a fun one. David, what's your favorite Kentucky Derby story? Well, one year I had Arnold Palmer as a guest and two of my closest friends. And, you know, we all love to golf and we played golf at Valhalla on Friday. And, and then, you know, we had a great dinner on Friday night. And Saturday morning we woke up and guess what? Pouring down rain. I mean, it is raining buckets and the forecast is it's going to be raining buckets all day long. So we get into the limo to go over to the brunch that we always hosted. And Arnold Palmer said, you know what? I guarantee you, when those horses come out onto the track, the sky's going to part and the sun's going to come out. And we said, Arnold, you are on. We That'll be our first bet. And we each bet him $100. There would be no sun to be found when those horses came on in the track. Well, guess what happened? The horses come out and the sky parts. The sky absolutely parts. And Arnold Palmer, you would have thought that he won the Masters. He was so happy. So we all forked out a Benjamin and he was quite a happy guy. And uh, he and his uh, wife, Kit, just uh, had a wonderful time as we did all. You know, the Kentucky Derby is on everybody's bucket list for a reason. There's nothing like it. You know, you've got nearly 200,000 spectators there. The horses are incredible. The excitement is unbelievable. And when people sing My Old Kentucky Home, it's one of those incredible experiences you just got to have happen in your life one time. And I'll give you another real quick story. Last year, didn't go to the Derby. Instead, I stayed home with my grandkids. And we did online betting for every race. And then we get to the Kentucky Derby and I say, okay, I'll give each of you, I have three grandkids, Claire, Luke, and, and Audrey. So I'll give you each of you $25 and you can bet on whatever horse you want. Okay. Well, Audrey picks Rich Strike. I'm going, you can't pick Rich Strike. Rich Strike is like 80 to one odds. There's no way he's going to win. She says, well, I feel sorry for him, Ogo. I want to bet on him. So she bets on Rich Strike. Rich Strike wins the Derby. She makes $2,000 on that no bet. No way. And that's how the Kentucky Derby is. You never know. 
I've tried so many times to win the Derby, and it's so hard to pick that winner. But when you do, it's exciting. And one of my favorite pictures is her just two thumbs up, big smile on her face, and she's got that $2,000 grin. It was wonderful. That is amazing. What did Audrey buy with her two grand? That's a lot of cash. She's a saver. I'm a, she's saving it up for something, but I guarantee you when she forks it out, it'll be for something meaningful in her life. <laughs> that is so good. What a great story. I love it. All right. Moving on to something more geared towards what we always talk about on the show, which is leadership. Question number two. In Bill's business, you absolutely must be able to get a group of diverse individuals aligned around decisions for smart business. He says that keeping everyone informed and sometimes even over-informed is what makes his partnerships so strong. David, what other advice would you offer leaders who have to get people to buy into high stakes or high risk decisions? Well, I think one of the things I'm sure Bill does and I always try to do is you have to talk about not only the potential opportunities, you have to lay out the risk, what could go wrong. You have to talk about the difficulties that you might incur. So I think that's the first thing that you need to do, which is very important. Then the second thing is, as you go through the process, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it's a long haul before you really get to the finish line. You have to remind people why they got into this deal to begin with. What was it that made them want to do this deal? Maybe the payoff would be huge. Maybe it would give them great joy. Maybe it'd be a lot of fun that you'd be having with friends. You have to remind people why they made this high-risk decision, especially along the way before you really have a verdict. If the news comes in and it's not good, the most important thing you can do is let people know it as soon as you know it. Because guess what? It's not going to go away. You got to deal with it, get the news out, and then answer any questions that people may have. Gosh, that makes my skin crawl a little bit because as someone who sometimes has to deliver bad news, I hate doing that. And I really, really always want to procrastinate delivering that bad news as long as I can. But in the cases that I do that, it always ends up worse than if I had just shared the news immediately upon receiving it. So I think that that is such great practical advice. It's hard to do, but it's certainly the way to go. I think the reason why people are always hesitant to share the bad news is everybody hates conflict. And a lot of times when you have bad news, you know, people will start the blame game or bring forward certain issues that, you know, you might have been able to do differently if you would have just thought about it or whatever. Yeah, that might happen, but it's going to happen sooner or later. So you might as well get the news out and deal with however people handle it. I find that as long as you do that, most people understand the risk. Most people understand the challenges and they accept the fact that in that particular case, it just didn't work out. Great advice for anybody having to deliver news of really any kind. All right. Question number three, Bill is the type of leader who loves to equip people for their next opportunity. He knows that training and development is important and that it's every leader's job to prepare people to move up, even if that means they leave the organization to take on a new role. How does a leader navigate wanting to retain that top talent, but also equip people for their next job? Well, I think the first thing you have to do with top talent or any talent that you, you want to retain is you got to let them know that you care about them. 
You know, nobody's going to care about you until you care about them. That means that your job is to develop them and help them grow as, as high as they can within your company and achieve whatever goals that they have within their company. In some situations, things just don't match up. The timing isn't just right. And people can't achieve their goals that they have in your company. And when that happens, you know, usually that's when people will look for another opportunity. When they find that opportunity, you know, I always took the approach that Bill took, which was, you know, basically congratulate him and say, you know, I'm really proud of you. You've done a great job in our company and we're glad that you're able to take this next job and, you know, just make us proud. Go out and do a great job. You know, what's really interesting and one of the things that I'm most proud of is, is that I think uh, I've had over 20 people who become CEOs in other companies uh, after working with me or for me at Yum Brands. And that family tree is something that every leader should really be proud of. You know, I, you know, Rick Patino, who's a great basketball coach, one of the things that he told me he's most proud of is that he's got over, you know, 25 assistants that have gone on to be head coaches. And, you know, you can't keep all your great people all the time. You do everything you can to keep them and grow them and, and move them up the ladder. But if there's an opportunity for them to really improve their lives and improve the lives of their families, you know, encourage them to go for it and, and help them. You know, many times I always said, look, if you're going to leave, just don't surprise me. Just let me know what's on your mind and then I'll help you achieve what you want to achieve. But you got to trust me that I want your best interest. So if you're thinking about leaving, let me know. And then maybe there's something I could do inside our company that'll make you happier. And if I can't do that, then maybe there's something I can do to help you find the job you want. It's so obvious when you work for a leader who has that attitude and posture towards your development versus someone who doesn't. I remember the first time it was, I think, the second kind of corporate job I had. And I loved the man that I worked for. And when it came time for me to take a new role at a different organization, I was so anxious about telling him that I was leaving because I didn't want to let him down. And I remember making the phone call. I was sweating. My hands were shaking. And I told him I was leaving. And the first thing he says is, congratulations. I am so excited for you and proud that you've made this decision for yourself. And I was so relieved. And what that did for me was it reiterated that all the encouragement and development and coaching he had given me, he truly meant. And, you know, he really actually did want the best thing for me, which happened to be going in a different direction. So it really is evident when you work for someone who truly has your best interest at heart. And I think that's excellent advice for any leader leading any size of team. Well, let's face it. If you develop the people that work for you, they're going to do a better job and they're going to get better results while they're with you. So that's a great rationale to do that. And if they happen to to want to uh, look for greener pastures, since we're talking about horse racing, then, <laughs> you know, let them go and, and cheer them on. Absolutely. One other thing I think is very important that I don't think I mentioned up front is you have to have confidence in your company and you to be able to bring in people with the same kind of talent or better. You know, I think you hoard your people when you don't have any confidence in the job you have and the company you have and your ability. So you got to be confident in what you have to offer so that you freely can let other people go. That's such great insight. Such great insight for any leader, really at any company of any size, whether you're just starting out or you have a million employees like you did once at Yum Brands. 
Well, that does it for our Kentucky Derby version of three more questions. Thanks so much for sharing those stories. And if you went to the Kentucky Derby a couple days ago, let us know if you won. You can tweet at How Leaders Lead, and I'll be looking out for the big winners on Twitter this week. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. Thank you very much, Kula. And everybody, tune in Thursday for my conversation with Bonnie Hill, the co-founder of a brand marketing company called Icon Blue. She's also served on over a dozen Fortune 500 boards, including my company, Yum Brands. <laughs>